Hey everybody, I'm Arch Houston, host of the Human Better Podcast. This podcast is about us. Us as human beings, not employees, not athletes, not any XYZ identity. It's about the common humanity that connects us and the emotional leadership that sets us free. I've spent a good part of my career mired in stress and anxiety and through it earned my MEHD and how to adapt and move forward. I coach, teach, and guide humans how to navigate the obstacles that hold us back so we can begin to human better. My next guest on the Human Better podcast has an interesting perspective on how to human better. Whether he's elevated high above the ground or at ground level, right in the thick of it, Mike Riley welcomes humans to a finish line of epic proportions. He and his voice are synonymous with human achievement, calling to the finish line not only those that survived the distance in time, but addressed and moved beyond seemingly insurmountable physical and emotional diversity. His new book, Finding My Voice, captures examples of these perspectives and shared stories after some of the most diverse group of athletes in the world. Mike, thanks for your kindness of being on the Human Better podcast. My pleasure, Arch. Thanks for having me. This is great. This is like kind of like a little dream come true type thing. So <laughs> this is going to be super fun. All right. I got a bunch of questions to ask you specific, specifically about your experience seeing so many other people human better. An element of human better is learning how to move beyond perceived obstacles, whether they're physical, emotional, or environmental. So for years, you've had a front row seat to witnessing thousands of humans move themselves beyond that physical, emotional, environmental challenges, finding themselves at one of your finish lines. Tell us about one. But when you were when you were just talking about that, I was thinking of a phrase I put in the book on top of a photo of uh, excuses are invalid because the 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 people that come across the finish line at Ironman or any event that is tough physically and mentally, uh, they, they for me they all morph into one. You know, the memory is one great big huge memory. I mean, I've got a lot of them of people that have overcome odds that I didn't think they would. They would tell me a year before I'm going to do the race. One of them was Matt Long, who was crushed by a city bus in New York City riding his bike to work. He was a firefighter. And, and uh, you know, they told him he'd never walk again. He broke like 30-some bones in his body. The seat post went up through his uh, stomach, out his back. I mean, it just, when you read about what happened, well, he shouldn't be. So the year... He, he, he comes to Lake Placid because he had done the race before quite a few times. And uh, so he comes to watch a buddy. And he hardly can walk. His One hip is gone. One buttocks is muscle all gone. I mean, it's just. And he looks at me at the finish line and we're partying. And it's right before midnight. And I'm on the ground doing my thing. And he calls me over to the fence. And he looks at me. He goes, I'm going to do this race next year. Okay, yeah, Maddie, all right. You're going to do the race. And in my head going, Dude, you can hardly walk. You just you got crushed. I, 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 okay, that's great. You know, I'm not going to squelch anybody's dream. And uh, he said it again to me. He goes, but don't tell anybody. Uh, this is between you and me. 
And when he said that, I got really emotional about it. I go, he's sharing something with me that he's not sharing with family and friends right away. And I didn't know why. I, I sometimes don't, people say stuff to me, and I sometimes don't know why. But, uh, you know, I kind of figured it out that, you know, the next time we see each other, if we see each other in between or training, the next big time we see each other is hopefully right where we're standing right now at that finish line. Wow. And it happened a year later. Wow. Uh, just before midnight, he got himself in. Uh, so it, you know, that, that year's period of time went pretty fast, like it always does in our years. You go to events, and then I found myself in Lake Placid, and there was Maddie checking in. And I go, you doggone it, you, you, you bet your ass I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready to go, you know. And I thought, all right. And, and I brought him in. So, you know, he was an amazing athlete before the accident. He was an amazing human. 9-11 uh, worker, you know, firefighter in New York City, nine or ten brothers and sisters, owned a few bars in Manhattan. Everybody wanted to be around Matt. And then that happened to him. And. He found out who his friends were. He found out who his loved ones were. Uh, but he, he remained a strong person. He remained that strong human. He, inside was what was moving him, not his physical body, which was crushed. Uh, so people, you know, people come up to me all the time and says, I don't know if I can do that. And I go, well, guess what? You can't. You just told me you couldn't. Mm -hmm. And then they switch gears. Well, I, I think I really can. I get, well, then you can. That's all it. That's all it is. Don't be telling me you can't do it, because you must have already said to yourself you can't do it. Absolutely. You know, so I don't. I don't really want to. I, I don't. I don't have time in my life for that. I have time in my life for turning them around or saying something to them to hopefully inspire them to become a better human. And think about how quickly that shift happens, just by providing somebody a different perspective to view the situation in which they're looking at it. Sometimes seconds. Like that. I know. Like that. I know. And I think what's so fascinating about the about an Iron Man and the environment of Iron Man is in that moment, you can be so inspired to do the absolute unthinkable for yourself. What is it about the ones that keeps them pushing towards that, much like much like Matt? When someone sets a I, I even said it in my book, a dizzyingly difficult goal in their life, uh, such as an Ironman or whatever it may be, climbing a mountain, whatever, you know, walking around the block, a, a, a big goal that something they've never done before. Uh, and then they accomplish it. They carry it with them. I, you know, it's not always about – I see a lot of finishes. I see a lot of people coming across the finish line. And those people are finishers, they're champions, they're winners. But more than that, right in front of our very eyes, they become a different person. They morph into something that is going to carry them through the rest of their lives. I, 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 no matter what happens in people's lives, I always tell them, you're an Iron Man. And they perk right up. You're right, you're right. Because they go back to that training, that intensity, that balance of the life, the, everything they had to do. Well, why not do that every day? You don't have to do it in such a grandiose and, you know, training every day. But, but going to work, building your personal relationships, you know, becoming a better human, becoming a better father, mother, whatever it may be. You know, every day you've got to strive to do that. And, and if you don't, you're going backwards. And would you ever... In your wildest dream, when you're training for a race, go backwards. 
or turn around and go backwards while you're doing an event. You would never do that. Yeah. Why the Analogy. heck do you want to do it in life? <laughs> that's, that's awesome. How about the ones that put it off, put off the start? They're inspired, but they just can't get there. What's missing? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, people have told me over and over again the, the best way to start is to start. Yeah. You know, that first step is always the hardest. Even first step out the front door to go run, whatever it may be, that first step is always very difficult. And I think it's because of fear. Absolutely it is. You know, people, people are fearing that, you know, they've been told all their life they can't do this. They could have had parents that said that to them, a teacher. Something happened in their life to where you're not a runner. You're not a mountain climber. You're not a walker. You're not an Ironman. You can't do that. It's because the person telling them that can't do it. Yep. So yep. they pass that on. Yep. It's a conditioned so belief. It, it is. And, and uh, uh, so my advice is be scared. Scared is good. Scared is life. And watch what happens when you face it and you get out and you make that commitment to something and you stick with it. You're going to find yourself morphing into somebody that you go, who is this? And people around you, even the ones that know you and love you, are going to go, what is, what's up with you? You're, you're like always happy or look at you. You can't go out drinking with us every night because you're doing this training. That's, a, that's okay. That's okay. There's changes. You know, things that come with changes sometimes are difficult to accept. Because, not because you can't accept them, because the ones around you can't. Yep, that's absolutely true. And and fear is so interesting, and it's oftentimes, more often than not, a almost a bit of a cop-out, because fear is only legitimate when it's a clear and present danger. And so, with that mindset, it's no longer fearful or a threat. There's something about it that's keeping us from feeling a certain way, from being disappointed or being having a sense of shame for not finishing what we started. So once we move beyond that and view that not as a threat but as a challenge, it doesn't matter. We just go out there and we let it rip. And that is how we see it is so absolutely crucial to whether we find ourselves at the start line or not. Right. Absolutely. Over the years, you've called some of the greatest sports athletes to the finish line. At the same time, your calling has spoken to those at the opposite end of that spectrum, right? You got your Maccas and you got your person right off the couch. You got your world champions, right, yep. right. What have you noticed that they all have in common that gets them not only to the start line but to the finish line? That they're accomplishing one of the, what I believe is the, best lesson in life we can teach one another just finish what you start and watch what happens and and i don't care if it is jan Ferdino or or uh you know daniela reef at the finish line world champions in in kona or the one i bring in at 17 hours you know 16 hours and 59 minutes they both started and they both finished and they both are champions time is irrelevant it 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 matters but it doesn't matter what matters is finishing what ma when i when i'm standing at the pier and i'm looking or or any iron man start and i'm looking at the masses about ready to start 
I always think to myself, it always hits me, my gosh, I've got 2,500 winners in front of me because of where they're at, the they start the line, start not line. the finish line. Yeah, absolutely. They, 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 what they had to go through to even get there and put those guys, and they're in the water. And I know half of them are scared shitless because I, we all are. I'm scared for them. All right, they're going to do it. Are they going to do it? You know, and they don't know what's coming their way. You know, out of 2,500, I could have 500 first-timers. And even the veterans. It, it, Ironman is the type of thing where you can have the greatest race, you know, in, in July and go to Kona in October. And what happened? I, I just blew up. It just, you know, it's, it's, it's unforgiving. But it teaches you lessons all the time. Yep. So, you know, that... I, I care if people finish. I care more that they get to the start line. That That is the biggest thing I think you can do for yourself in life. You know, if you put in the training and everything, that finish line will come your way. And I always call it the front door of the, of the, of the house is open. Just come on in. You're coming into a, to a new home that you've never experienced before. Yep. And the world is, is welcoming you with open arms. Yep. I mean, I always think about it in those grandiose ways because I, I believe that that's the only way to look at it. Yeah, I, I, if, if, if somebody says to me, I've never done anything, never run, and all of a sudden we talk and they, they go run a 5K race, they run three miles and they come through that finish line and they tell me how great they feel, you're, you're unbelievable. That's as exciting to me as someone going 140.6 miles in an Ironman because they started yep. and they finished. And what they become? Yep. A much better human. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Work past some significant obstacles to get there. And that is the key. Your classic call, you are an Iron Man, literally speaks to people, including spectators. Share a story of how your powerful prose spoke to someone who only came as a fan but ended up as a participant. Boy, there's a lot of those people come up to me after a race. I'm, I'm going to do this. Oh, my gosh, I was so inspired. I was so, you know, I got to hear those words. And it's somebody who maybe have never been to an Ironman before. I, I, I tried going into it in the philosophy and the, the psychological nature of what those words mean. But I, 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 you know what they mean? They know when they, are, when they hear them, they're transformed. For some reason, that huge explanation point that I'm able to put on their accomplishment to, one, make them happier, give them the praise they deserve, let their family know they're an Iron Man. Heck, the family's an Iron Man for putting up with that athlete all the, you know, the months and, and, and being a part of it. So, uh, but the, the one I'm thinking of is uh, there was a, I won't say the name because we kind of all know, it was at the finish line of Lake Placid. Uh, I'm sorry, Florida. It was at the finish line of Florida uh, 10, 12 years ago. And uh, was part of the sponsorship with Iron Man. Always at every race, the whole deal. And, and probably 10 years I've seen him at races because he was part of the uh, partners, the sponsors of Iron Man. And then after Florida one year, he goes, Mike, you ever going to do an Iron Man? I go, oh, I get off the microphone. Maybe I'll think about it. But this gives me as much pleasure as anything. And... I go, what about you? You've been, I've been seeing you. My God, you've seen as many races as I have with, you you know, being around and everything. He goes, yeah, I know, I'm thinking. And he stopped at that word. He goes, I'm thinking. I go, you're thinking about it. Stop thinking about it. Do this race next year. He goes, why this race? Any race. 
do this race. Let's go sign up. The next morning, he signed up. And then it was about four months after that, he called me up and he goes, I'm training. I've lost like 10 pounds. Ah, great. You're going to do it and everything. Ironman diet. Mike, you, you, I'm, I'm thinking about it more and more on my rides and everything and what people say to me. Dude, you can't be like in the porta potty when I come in. You can't be taking a break. You can't. I just can't even imagine not hearing those words from you. And and I, I, I don't always think it's me. You know, the words are the words and 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 how I've always accentuated them. And and I believe I'm saying it for the first time every time I say it because I am to that person. Uh, and it kind of hit me. I go, God, yeah, that's. It's important. It, I, I, I will be around for him. I'm not going to miss him. Uh, and and I've heard thousands and thousands of stories of people that said the very same thing, that, that when they finished and they heard the words, uh, something happened to them. And when they didn't hear it, or if I was going to the bathroom or something, you know, I hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I still make... You know, I know, 10 to 20 calls a month to people personally to call them an Ironman over the phone because, or leave it on there when they don't answer, just because they deserve it. You know, and I tell other announcers throughout the world, please do it. Some are a little, oh, it's, it's your thing. No, no, no. It's those four words are theirs. It's not mine because I was the first one to say it doesn't mean it's mine. It's theirs. It's their words. It's a gift. Yeah, I, I, I have the honor and. To be blessed to be able to one to yeah, to absolutely. say it, you know, and now they associate it with my voice, and that's something you know. It's not like I controlled or wanted that to happen. It's happened, but it's their words, not mine. I think what's so powerful about it is the impact it has in a highly emotional moment on one's identity. Like up until that point, their identity may have been something mm. not as not as powerful, not as approach based, but you know something maybe kind of sinister. And in that moment, with those heightened emotions, for me having finished a few myself, I know exactly what it feels like. I mean, it is it is elevated, and to hear that statement of "you are," which is directly to your identity the power that has and somebody can, can can embody and change how they perceive themselves is a magical thing. And it makes total sense why thousands and thousands have sought that out. It's interesting because I, I believe our names are our most valuable possession. It's who you are. It's how you're identified. To be able to... I don't know how many times I'm, somebody's coming in and there could be you know, 50 yards away and I, I get the read mat and I see their name and, and I'll just, you know, Jimmy Brown. And all of a sudden you see him straighten up. They know it's coming. <laughs> I know what I'm going to give them, but it gets emotional every time. And, and, and they start looking around and they look, they'll look at the speakers thinking I'm in the speakers because they don't sometimes know where I'm at or if I'm moving or whatever. And then I lay it on them and, People have come up to me and said, oh, my gosh, you said this, this, and this. Then you said my name. Then you said this. Then you said this after the exact wording. Oh, my gosh, this song was playing. And my mother and my father and my wife were there. And that, Mike, you were there. Thank you. They, it, It's, you know, I, I know exactly the birth of my kids. I know, you know, you know, a monument, you know, if a bad thing happens, if somebody assassinates you, we know where we're at. But that is such a positive 
they they never forget it. And I still get emails today. Mike, you called me an Iron Man 22 years ago. I I still believe it was the best day of my life. Think about it. The people are telling me it's the best day of their lives. And and it may not, you know, they've had other great things happen in their lives, whether it's, you know, marriage or kids or whatever it may be. Uh, but they just, that stands out for them. Because if you think about the best day of your life that wasn't an Ironman day, who was there to, you knew, gosh, this was a great day. So you're giving it to yourself. But here I get to tell the world it was the best day of their lives Yeah, it's a, without it's a saying it. Total shared experience. Yeah. So is it uh, 22 years, man? I mean, What's is that? it doing this for 22 years? 30. 30 years. 89. Yeah, this will be my 31st Kona. So is it each one the best day of your life? Yeah, I, I mean, I leave for Lake Placid next Tuesday. I cannot wait. It, it I, I know there's going to be, think about it. I get to witness right in front of my very eyes, dreams come true. I mean, some lifelong dreams come true. Yeah. Some people who have gone through some real bad times in their life. Uh, and I don't always know the backstory. So, yes, I'm excited to be able to be a part of that. You know, if we can make somebody else in our lives or someone we don't know a little bit happier and add some luster to it, my gosh, that's a gift. That's that's an honor. Yeah. I mean, to, to make somebody smile and make them happy and, the, and their family and friends, you know, they they – they join in that joy also, and that's what, you know, we get to do at the finish line. Yep. I, I, it's just, yeah. I, I, w- I would add to that that I believe it's also a an opportunity and a responsibility to do that on a daily basis with everything, everyone we interact with. It's such a gift, mm-hmm. such a gift to be able to provide that. So for years, you were part of an organization that was not only in the business of assisting people to human better, but you were part of a company culture that not only walked the talk of that, but they swam, biked, and <laughs> ran it too, right? You saw your peers, your teams, nearly an entire company overcome individual obstacles and stand at a start line together. In essence, it really helped the company to human better. How did you see that reflected across the entirety of the organization? Well, when people come to work for a company, they, you know, the company has expectations, they have expectations. And it's work. W-O-R-K. It's, you know, it's it's work. And you have a responsibility to do the best job you can do. And and everybody knew that coming in. But they also knew there was a culture there that, that uh, made everybody feel very comfortable with trying to improve themselves, mentally and physically. And it didn't have to be related to work. So the culture that was that that started forming there, it, it wasn't a culture of peer pressure, you know, because I, I there was a lot of people that didn't do an Ironman or race, but they got involved in it and they knew what it was all about and they were inspired by it. So that's a good thing. And I don't know. It was after about 12, 13 years. I sat down one day and I was going through my diary and I read some stuff about work that combined with some of the Iron Man diary I have and and it hit me. I go, you know what? In my life, this will never ever be duplicated. Yeah. This type of culture and what was started with eight of us morphed to thirty five hundred. You know, I, I 
I'll never, I don't think I'll ever experience that again. And, and even more than that, I don't know if so many of those team members will ever experience something like that again. I believe, and when I when we get together with, you know, some alumni, and it, it's the same conversation. Oh my gosh, that was the best times ever. We, they're not talking about that about their work today. They're talking about mm -hmm. that that environment, and it was created through the need to be able to serve everybody, and it was created through the need of of becoming a better human. Yep. Because a lot of people that came into that company were out of college or 24 years old, and didn't have a path. And, and it gave them a path to, to practice the rest of their lives. To practice life. Yep. And, they are, and so many are doing it. You know, now we have uh, VPs of sales. We have CEOs. We have presidents of companies. I mean, they're all over the place running organizations. With and I married <laughs> to one another <laughs> and having had kids. There's a lot of that. It's crazy. Do we, I wonder if we have any grandkids yet. Oh, man. Uh, married no 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 probably not no no probably not uh yeah and i had the honor of marrying two or three you know yep. officiating two or three of them yep. so it yeah, yeah it was it was a special time special time special time in your book finding my voice you share a collection of epic endurance achievements by all levels of athletes what i want to know is how has you finding your voice helped you to human better? Uh, that's an interesting question. I, I, I've been so inspired and so motivated by what I've seen over the years that I, I, w I would talk to myself, what, what are you getting down on yourself for? You know what's out there and you know what you've seen. It, it's kept me, it's just kept me in a very positive mode my whole life. And, and, you know, I tell athletes at the start line when I know they're scared and they're having a tough time or, go, or it could be raining or things are going to come their way that day that I know is going to come their way, whether it's weather or the hill in the course, whatever it may be. So I tell them. And the first time I said this was at Ironman, Wisconsin. It was like 12 years ago because it was a horrible weather day and I knew we were going to have like 15 hours of rain. And I'm standing up on the scaffold at the swim. They're all in the water. And it was about, you know, a minute and a half before the start. And the water is pelting on the side of my face. And I'm even thinking, oh, my God, we're going to get through this weather. And it hit me. Mike, you, you got to change your attitude. So all of a sudden, this is what came out of my mouth. Hey, everybody, we, we, there's things in today that we're not going to be able to control. That absolutely not be able to control. But I know one thing for sure. We can control our attitude. We can control how we deal with everything. We can control that. So if we do that, we're all going to get to the finish line. And I was talking as much for myself because it was going to be a, a, you know, and the workers, it was going to be a tough day, which, and it was. But to this day, and I say this, I just got an email from somebody because I said it at Ironman Ireland. If we, we had to cancel the swim. I told everybody the very same thing. Emails came back. You got me through the day. I, I, I finally figured out if I take care of my attitude, it'll take yeah. care of me. Absolutely. So that's what it's taught me. I, I, you know, teachers teach to learn. I sometimes speak to talk to myself like, Mike, get yourself out of this rut. Well, I know other people may be in the same boat as me, so it just comes out and I say it aloud. I feel better. They feel better. All right, let's get through this day together. And, and we will. So it, uh, 
it's kept me it's kept me honest it's kept me you know i haven't gotten complacent with anything i i, I you know people go how long are you going to do this and when when the passion's gone but my my inside fear is that passion will never be gone i'll be i'll be on a wheelchair with oxygen <laughs> you know <laughs> Yelling it Speak out. up. <laughs> Speak up. Hurry, get here. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> so I would I would guess though that this goes this goes well beyond passion. There's a purpose, a bigger sense of purpose behind not only you showing up to all of these events hours on end, but the motivation behind it is more deeply rooted in a sense of purpose than passion. What would that purpose be? Oh my goodness! Uh, you know the purpose uh, is it, partly work. I want to do a better job than I did the race before. I'm always trying to raise the level to take care of the athletes. It's all about them. Yeah, everything that's the I purpose. do all day long is about the athletes, the event, and the sponsors. You know, the event being the race director, and so you, I, I'm taking care of the the, uh, the umbrella of everybody. But the athletes are number one. So. I, I just have always looked at it that I, I, I wanna I wanna do the best job possible so that things that come out of my mouth are gonna take care of everybody. Yep. Uh, and I, I think one of the biggest purposes and I learned it early on is I'm having a lot of one on one conversations. That's what I have. If if I would think, Oh gosh, I'm talking in front of this many people and that many people, I, you know, that's not good for the ego, you know. Who cares if I'm talking to forty thousand or one. Yep. It, it's the same to me. And and I'm I'm talking to everybody individually. And I think they feel that. They get that. It, it, because I don't want it to be just some voice over the speaker system. I'll move to the start line and we're going to get started in a minute. You know, anybody can do that. I'm yeah. not, not going to do that. You're not a voice. You're uh, the voice. Well, thank you. <laughs> so it, it uh, it's given me a purpose to make sure I... Raise my level every time I get on the microphone. Yep. When it's bigger than self, there's no limit. Yeah. There's tons of fuel. So at this point, you're at a pretty incredible, special time of life. You're the grandfather to two. (laughs) You get to watch your grown son continue to play baseball, which I know is a massive joy for you. You're still using the voice. And... You and Rose are the epitome of happily ever after. Wisdom comes as a result of how you've taken in the experiences that have led you to this place in time. Share something with us, some some of your wisdom that might help us all to human better. Well, life hasn't been all a bowl of cherries. And uh, whether it's your marriage or raising kids or or work or a job there were some tough times you know a lot of tough times and and some of them self-perpetuated some just happened uh you know losing moms and dads and you know we all go through this but the thing i think that you always have to remember i mean family's always been number one to me and and a high number one uh and so i think what it's done it's it's created a uh, a network that 
we all rely on one another. Yep. And, you know, I rely on a lot of friends. You know, I know you're a friend for life. And, and that's an honor to be able to say to somebody, I know they're going to be a friend for life. Whether we talk today or a year from now, the conversation's the same. And it's heartfelt. And so I think what I've learned and, and what we've all learned is, is you know, it's, uh, we're going to make mistakes. You got to admit the mistakes, and it's hard for me sometimes to do that. I'm stubborn Irish, and I'm living with uh, a woman who puts me in my place, and always has. Even after an event, she goes, "You know, you said the word so like 40 times in that one." I go, "I know. I, 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 I could felt I was. Well, don't do it. What's wrong with you? You know? Okay. So I, it's, it's just, and and that's how we thrive off one another because she'll tell me like it is." Other people, oh, that's such a great job. And, but I know in my heart, I, oh, I could have done better. I should have prepared more or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, and to be able to have the, the kids I have here, Andy's in the business, and he loves being in the business. Aaron's produced two grandchildren. And, you know, when she ran Boston and I was standing at the finish line, not announcing, but standing at the finish line bringing her in, I, I just, I was so overcome. And she was so happy. And, you know, here we went to the Irish pub three hours later, and we're having Guinness together. And I've got a picture of that, and it's just one of the most special moments of my life. She's, she, she's such a strong-willed uh, person, and and she's raising with her husband two beautiful boys, and her husband's an Ironman athlete. And she, you know, so, and I never, I don't think Rose and I never forced anything. You know, the only time I forced, you know, I wrestled in high school and college. I took Andy to a wrestling match when he was in sixth grade at Poway High School here in Southern Cal. And they won the state championship. And I go, all right, my, because my brother wrestled, I wrestled. And I go, Andy, I'll get Andy into wrestling. <laughs> so we went and we're watching. And and I could tell he was kind of disinterested, but he'd watch. And we're leaving. And he goes, Dad. So he, he was his own, but he goes, Dad, I'm never doing that. I'm playing baseball. I go, oh, you don't want to wrestle? Yeah, I take after. No, I, I, there's no way. I'm going to play baby. All right. And, and, you know, he chose his path. So I guess we gave him some kind of, I didn't squelch it. No, you shouldn't play baseball. You should, I would never, never do that. And so he, uh, and Aaron chose her path. And, you know, the same's happening for the grandkids. So, yeah, it's, it's not all, you know, peaches and cream. And there's some very tough times. And, uh, and I certainly, as an individual by myself because I know my nature and how I can fly off the handle and how I'll just go do something else and kind of mask it. Uh, I couldn't have done it without the family. Yep. I, I wouldn't be here today. I, who knows? I might have announced the race five years and, oh, what else can I do? You know? I don't know. So, but it's kept us solid and, and uh, intact and moving forward. And it's, and it's it, expansive. I mean, you have a you have a big, big, big net of love and support. And when we think of that, we think of it in terms of perceived support and received support. And the amount of perceived support that you have as a as a friend, as a dad, as a just a, just a human being is is massive because you have given so much of yourself, bigger than self, to so many people for so so long at really really meaningful times of life. So. You know, it's interesting you say that, Arch, because I've had people come up to me more and more lately and they go, Mike, thank you so much for being here. I, I Just thanks, because I know, it, I'm thinking, well, I always come to Lake Placid, what do you mean? But then I start realizing it's, it, they're, they're realizing, you know, I, I, when I'm not 
you know, I'm at an event. I'm not with my family or I'm not maybe doing something else I'd want to do. But I'm right where I want to be. Mm-hmm. But they still thank me as if, like, thanks for coming. You know, if it's coming to the party and you're invited. Thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah, it's just... And, and so it's, it's, that's very gracious. I, I, I'm getting more and more of that lately. I'm thinking, well, why? You think I'm not going to be coming anymore? What's going on? <laughs> but they're just very appreciative. Yeah, and accept that stuff because, I mean, it, it, it fills them up to express it just as much as it fills you up to hear it. So in wrapping this up, we have a, we have a very dear friend that we've seen go from the depths to facing massive fears at uh at the solana beach triathlon back in 2010 or something like that 2009 2010 who is uh going through her own her own kind of iron man right now with uh with a with a brain tumor our our friend liz so how about how about giving liz a little shout out Uh, a little something liz knows i love her i saw her uh gosh Probably a year, maybe over a year ago, uh, eating at a restaurant, and she was there. And then, where else did I see her? I think we were getting a, she was getting a mani-pedi, and I walked by, and she was in. And, yeah, I, I, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I think about her every once in a while, just because I know tough times she's going to. I feel a little guilty that it's not every day. Uh, But... Liz is, Liz is, you know, you could take 20 of the toughest Ironmans I've ever brought across the finish line, and that's what Liz is like. She, she is a battler. She's a winner. Uh, she, she knows what's coming her way, but yet accepts it, and it battles it. I, I, she's an inspiration to, to everybody around her. Uh, and, and I wish... And I, we all do. I know you, you wish we could just somehow take the pain away and bring it to us and just take that away from her and and all the Because, you know, when you go through tough times and you get bad news or something happens, you work through it and it could be a month or two months. But she's just been getting the crap over and over for a while. And it's, uh, I, you know, the words of encouragement I want to give Liz is, the same thing she would probably say to me if I was a little down. Just just man up, get going. Let's go. I, I'll get this done. I'm going to do this. And and uh, I hope Liz knows that there are so many people out there pulling for her. I mean. That, that perceived support we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's there. Yep. And she's just surrounded by someone, her, her husband Hal and yeah. daughter Natasha. Yeah. Just the, the, the out constant I'm flowing his support for her. God, it's, I it's just want to. I, I want to give her a hug right now. I wish she was here. Yep. <laughs> well, I think these words will will wrap her up for sure. Man, thank you. I really Nothing, appreciate that's it. this. Nothing else. Nothing. This is, you know. Well, we could go on and <laughs> on. But people have lives. Well, I want to thank you too because you know your your passion, uh, your words inspire people, Arch, which is fantastic. Your actions have always led people. And uh, never lose your passion, and I don't think you will. You uh, have influenced so many people's lives. They think about you first when they think about how good they have it, physically and mentally. So I congratulate you for sticking with that and and moving forward into what you're doing now. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's great. And by the way, 
Yes. You are an Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get Yeah, yeah. Well, and everybody are. was expecting it, too. So. Yeah, I know. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Human Better Podcast. I hope this sparked an awareness, created space for acceptance, and initiated an action for personal positive change. My purpose in producing this podcast is to create the space for emotional leadership so that we can all human better. This episode of the Human Better Podcast is dedicated to my friend Liz Helbach and her continued courageous choice to engage adversity head on with her head up and headed in the right direction. See you at a start line soon, Liz.